0: Congratulations. Victoria's housing market has rebounded strongly this year.
1: Hammers were falling once again.
0: Buy numbers per option are actually up on last year. Rates,
1: of course, on hold again at 0.25%.
0: National house prices were still rising.
1: A man's home is his castle. And today it goes under the hammer. Welcome to Under the Hammer for Direct Connect.
2: Direct Connect is a free service making moving easy for you. Call them today
0: on 1300 664 715.
1: And welcome to Under the Hammer for Direct Connect. Of course, they are the team that can make moving easy for you. And if you are an agent interested in using Direct Connect, give them a call on one 664 715 to see how they can benefit you and your team. I'm Jane Neild and I am joined for the first time in 2021 by Stav, the company director with O'Brien Real Estate. I'm going to talk about the current state of the market. Uh, It's almost an hour by hour kind of thing at the moment. The latest sales statistics and we've got a special guest joining us from New South Wales today, Tom Turner from Rain and Horn in St Mary's to give us a bit of a broader kind of perspective on the rental market in Sydney and some of the things that are influencing investors and, of course, people wanting to uh, maybe upgrade, move, relocate. Stav, welcome to you. I could not help but think of you. We're recording this on Wednesday morning (laughs) after a five-day snap lockdown in Victoria. Last Friday, we were given the shortest notice we've ever had to prepare for lockdown. And when I heard that all of the real estate auctions for last weekend were being cancelled, my mind just went to you. So how are you? Five-day lockdown Business up in the air again. I'm assuming you cope because you guys (laughs) are really resilient and you tend to pivot. How did it all pan out, Stav?
0: Well, interesting. uh, Yes, last Friday afternoon uh, I was in two appraisals when the announcement was made. Um, I never answer my phone, Jane, when I'm in an appraisal, of course, and I had 30 missed calls. (laughs) Um, I signed up. Both the listings were signed up. I got in the car heard the news, and as I'm driving down the street, the vendor rang me and said, "Do we take the properties off the market? I said, look, you signed up now, we're ready to go. Um, It's only a five-day lockdown, but we did have to pivot very quickly. The 30 calls were, we had 20 auctions last Saturday, so we had to change those auctions immediately. So we did five auctions on Friday night. Uh, We had to do a couple of Zoom auctions the next day, uh, but we did bump uh, 10 of the auctions to this week. But thank you to SEN, SEN, uh, and Daniel McGuire was on the phone straight away, and he said, "Mate, if you if you need the SEN studio, we're ready to go." So SEN was ready to pivot straight away, and we actually had you penciled in for this Saturday because, uh, look, half an hour ago we did get the announcement that we're out of the snap lockdown, but we may have had to do online auctions again at SEN. So we have 22 auctions booked in for this Saturday. So it was it was an amazing week, um, but we didn't stop working, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> you don't stop working at the best of times, Stav, so that does not surprise uh, me. But I guess for your team, though, you've done this all before, and people are so much more familiar with online auctions. So take it all in your stride, I guess.
0: Yeah, we do. We do. We've done it before. It's not our first radio, and... Um, we, we've done the dress rehearsal the first time was a bit nervous but now because we've got some social proof we've got the runs on the board remember last year with SEN we did do 150 online auctions and out of those 150 online auctions we had an 87% clearance rate so they do work so the auction process works as long as you follow the process it will work so now we, we were ready to uh, pivot and move
1: and how did the actual uh, sales go of the auctions that did go ahead? Are we still getting record prices in parts of Melbourne? Because everything I am hearing from almost anyone in the country I'm talking to about real estate is demand is just going bonkers.
0: Yeah, it is. So out of the uh, ten auctions, only one was passed in, and that was in one turner. Uh But we did do, you know, an average of a million dollars a sale, so which is extraordinary. So nine sales, nine point three million was the actual um, final um, tally. So that that's just, you know, from all the way from Oakley. Oakley's minimum a million to get into the market there. Morty Alec was 1.3 mil. You know, Hampton, we had a 1.4. The the prices are just extraordinary. So we, we, we've we got an interesting case study I want to talk about. We had a property that was in Edithville that went to auction. Uh, the comparable sales showed that it should have achieved between 1.3 and 1.4. The reserve was set in that range of 1.3 to 1.4. On the day of the auction, we had 21 registered bidders, uh, Jane, So I went back inside before the start of the auction. I said to the vendor, look, I think we should raise the reserve under my recommendations and the listing agent's recommendations. So we raised the reserve to 1.4. By the second bid, we were over 1.4. We had 44 bids in eight minutes and the property sold for (laughs) 1.8. So... You know, we we just couldn't pick it. And there's no no comparable sales that would prove that that property should have achieved that price. But what happened was the bidding was going quite strong. And right at the end, our winning bidder gave us a $100,000 knockout bid. So the bids were going up by ones and twos and fives. In the end, he had enough. And he said, I'll give you 100. So it went from 1.7 to 1.8. And we're finding that's coming up more and more at the moment. So it's very, it's like throwing a dart at the board. We don't know what the price is going to, you know, what what it's going to eventuate at.
1: Uh, that's interesting because I remember your philosophy that helped me buy my property that I settled next week was be aggressive. I mean, you can't get more aggressive than suddenly throwing down 100K as a bid when you're talking ones and twos. That's, that's insane.
0: It's extraordinary. <laughs> but um, another extraordinary stat, and you know, I, I love my stats. Um, this year, we're in the week, uh, week six of um, the year, and there's already been 33,500 sales across the country, which is almost double to last year, which is phenomenal. And when you look at the big three, you know, Victoria's already had nearly 9,000 sales. New South Wales had, has had over 9,000 sales. But the big one for me, Queensland's the, the new mover and shaker, they're at nearly 8,000 sales for the year already. Just crazy.
1: Yeah, well, anecdotally, I've, you know, the number of people I've heard saying, oh, it's just time, time, and they're heading up north um, and south as well. My sister's in real estate oh. in South Australia, and they are just as busy as they have ever been. So uh, it sort of seems strange, though, when you're seeing that little departure from perhaps uh, Victoria, that our prices are still so exceptional when there seems to be a lot of people leaving the market.
0: Yeah, there are. But there's there's a couple of reasons for that. Look, there are probably six reasons, I believe, why 2021 will continue to be a good year to sell. Look, first of all, consumer sentiment is very high. Um, secondly, yeah, bank loan deferrals, you know, they've been falling. Um, auction clearance rates, they're surging. So that's supply and demand. S- sustained low interest rates. I mean, that hasn't changed. Expected easing of lending restrictions this year, that's another reason. But the big one is, and I know I mentioned it earlier, but the demand continues to outstrip the supply, and that you know that when you've got such a huge demand and not a big supply, that will continue to push the prices up. So they are my th- you know six big tips of why I reckon the market's going to continue to surge. And do you remember last year we spoke um, to Chris from Byron Bay? And he said he believes he'll see two, three years of this happening in the real estate sector in, in Australia.
1: Yeah, well, I have to get Chris back on, I think, because Byron Bay seems to be the epicentre <laughs> of the uh, migration up the coast. Now, this is under the hammer. And, of course, we are doing it all thanks to Direct Connect. You can call the team to make moving easy for you. And we know there are so many people moving at the moment. And, of course, if you're an agent interested in using Direct Connect, give the team a call one three hundred double six four seven one five 664 715 to see how they can benefit you and your team. Now, not just a Victorian focus today, let's welcome in our other guest, Tom Turner is uh, someone who can give us a bit of a perspective on perhaps the rental side of things as well, because we need to remember the market is not just about people buying and selling. There are a lot of Australians who perhaps will never even own a, own a home, so we're going to bring in Tom. Tom Turner from Rain and Horn in St. Mary's. He leads the property management team there. And I have uh, the little info that uh, Tom, as well as being a licensed real estate agent, Tom, you're a licensed Strata manager and stock and station agent. So welcome to Under the Hammer, Tom. G'day. Thanks for having me. So you've got a a few feathers to your cap there if you're uh, dealing with stock and station work as well as rentals. (laughs)
2: Yeah, well, for us, it was always just sort of being that sort of out of West Sydney that you don't get a heap, but there is a bit of sort of rural zone laying out this way sort of thing. So it's, you, don't, you don't touch it much, but it's always something good to have.
1: Now, for people who aren't familiar with uh, St. Mary's, I did a little sort of map search and basically head out of Sydney West. You're between like Parramatta and Penrith. Would that be a kind of ballpark area?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell so, us
1: about you, though. You got into real estate straight from school. Was, was it just something that you always had a bit of a passion for? And obviously, dealing with people is something that you really enjoy?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, our, my family's owned the business for 48 years. Um, I'm 30. So, it's literally, I've, <laughs> I reckon I've got more family memories of separating sprocket paper for landlord statements than I do of family holidays up the coast type thing. So, it was coming out of high school, achieved well sort of across the board, it was literally just a case of I knew what I wanted to do. I knew real estate and the family. It was the only sort of way to head.
1: Absolutely. I don't think you've got any other option, really, if the family's (laughs) been in it for that long. So tell us about what's happening in your market, Tom. You know, we're hearing, like we just spoke about, people migrating up the coast and maybe moving out. But is uh, demand for rental property in your area in St. Mary's, uh, do you have enough supply? How's it all going?
2: Yeah, well, we're, we're we're a big agency, so we always generally will have a bit of a rolling stock list, uh, but there, there's never enough supply, especially at the moment. So we've come off probably 2018, 2019 as quite rough years for rental demand, um, a lot of oversupply, a lot of falling prices. Uh, through 2020, I suppose the conservative aspect of, Not so much that our outer west area really has, I suppose, been quite fortunate of not being necessarily affected too much about our tenancy base having COVID affect employment status and that sort of thing. So what we've had a lot of people just acting conservative um, and looking just to, even if it's not necessarily the forever plan to rent, but a good opportunity to kind of bunker down good price and really kind of set yourself in a marketplace.
1: And so when you were saying, you know, 2018-19, you know, there was a lot of stock available, is it an area where the older houses are being knocked down, like in Melbourne's uh, suburbs, you know, the knockdown, building the townhouses, is there multi-storey development happening? You know, what sort of mix of stock have you got?
2: Yeah, um, so St Mary's CBD is less... High-rise, we have been zoned for that, and there are sort of a, the odd block here and there type thing. It is a predominantly townhouse market. Um, so once again, the 1,000 square metre block in the neighbouring suburbs, um, that was one family home, which is now seven townhouses. So what we really found out of 2018 was already strong growth in the sales, so that you're finding that top echelon a tenant can very much afford the mortgage, so they opt to go down that line. When funding was turned off in 2018 through the um, banking inquest, it then very much meant that people once again were able to purchase. However, the builders can't turn off their stock either. They've already started building. They've got the DAs and they've already given their products completed. So not only did you already have an oversupply of stock. But then you had the builders going, well, I can't just have these things sit vacant, add those to the stock as well. Um, Once again, being, I suppose, a lot of green land out this way, um, a lot of new housing developments. So a lot of the mums and dads either retaining the house or selling the house to an investor. So it's just a lot of stock flowing back into the market because we're, I suppose, far enough away from the doldrums of not being able to get funding. We've seen the building stock dry up and then into COVID, where our marketplace actually increased rents over the last 12, 18 months, we're actually now seeing that shortage and then prices actually increasing. So, Tom, um, you described
0: uh, when we were off here, you described St. Mary's as the Dandenong of Sydney. So just to give everyone uh, in Melbourne a bit of an idea of uh, your, your demographic. And I've seen that um, in Sydney this year already, about 11% of all
2: sales have been auctions. Do you do you have much of an auction culture where you are? Not out as far as west type thing. Uh, Parramatta is a good geographical location. Really west of Parramatta, um, buyer appetite sort of drops away. You can auction where you have to take a property to auction. Um, there's a good sort of five minutes of people just standing around and the auctioneer trying to rev up the crowd before you actually get someone to raise their hand for the first time. Um, where where Almost a sort of sole private treaty agency. How many buyers do you get through
0: uh, your open free inspections? Because, and the reason I ask is at the moment, we've got a bit, a huge appetite, talking about appetite uh, to transact here in Victoria. We're getting, um, you know, numbers of 20, 30, up to 50, 60 people. It's not uncommon at our open houses at the moment, which has actually forced our hand a little bit because we're also getting about, you know, 10 to 15 offers on properties. So, what happens is it's just so much work to sell one property. So we find doing a boardroom auction or a shortened uh, campaign
2: has been working really well. What are the numbers uh, on your open houses? For us, it's a case of once again, our stock is being sort of Uh, not inner Sydney um, is a little bit different. We're a lower socioeconomic area. So a lot of opportunities are investors uh, in the sort of the six to 700,000 square metre block of land is always on a granny flat potential or something further down the track. Um, we're, We're almost a three speed market at the moment. Houses you can't have enough of and you'll have 10 to 15 people. We sold one over the weekend where we'd actually gotten an offer 10 grand over the price guide prior to auction, we opted to take it to open as not to sort of burn our bridge. And then that particular gentleman increased his offer by another 10 grand to actually secure it on the day. So houses are flying. You can't have enough houses. Townhouses are steadily moving. Once again, because of our area, townhouses will range to that five to five fifty thousand mark. So once again, a good opportunity, first home buyer, the stamp duty concessions, those sort of things, and then units, because of, I suppose, not necessarily overbuilding, but that sort of cookie cutter type apartment stock really will sort of sit long term. But then once again, good opportunity to talking to so my my landlords in the portfolio is a here's something good that's showing great return and isn't necessarily moving now. Good opportunity to pick up something, add something simple to the portfolio, 400 sub 400,000 that has that potential to grow, especially given that the second Sydney Airport is five years away.
1: Yeah, Tom, are you finding that there's uh, people dipping into ownership as a landlord for the first time? You know, if there are places like units available and and for a decent price, uh, are mum and dad Australians still actually looking to invest in property as a, a long term investment?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, interest is next to nothing in the bank. At the worst performing investment property in is two and a half to three percent type thing. So, it. People are making money just by paying the mortgage at the moment type thing. So it's back to a good quality option that will show return.
1: And advice for people listening who may be thinking, uh, like I've heard stories about people just not being able to find rentals in Melbourne, so maybe a little bit different in your area. But do you have some sort of general advice as if you're going to go to an inspection, you're going to start talking to an agent and you have a particular type of property in mind, you know, how should people prepare themselves to make themselves look really good as a rental prospect, as a tenant?
2: readiness and willingness to work with the agent if you're going to the open home in and itself is a job interview if you're presenting yourself well if if it's your day off but you just want to slum in and out of the place type thing you put your application in in you in a couple of days time when you get around to it i'll have couples who are back in the office before the before the doors close applying for it and hopefully securing holding deposits that day type thing so i think like like a sale if your your willingness to transact is almost another string to your bow.
1: Do you get into that situation where people actually, I know it's not necessarily legal, but start offering more money for the dream property they've just seen?
2: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. We we had one uh, back in October, a big six-bedroom house, swimming pool. Builder had purchased it, so it is only a 12-month lease with sort of no real promise to continue after that because it'll become the development, smart development site in the new block of townhouses. Um, we had 38 groups through and same sort of thing. We had it on at 550 of a conservative, will people only want a short-term lease? I think our highest offer, and once again, we don't we don't sort of abdicate and you, the highest offer isn't ever necessarily one you always go with because once again, is that highest offer coming from somewhere genuine or not? Um, our highest offer was $65 over the asking price.
1: Oh, who doesn't want a place with a pool for 12 <laughs> months, especially if there's chance of snap lockdown. So understandable. <laughs> big house, big pool. <laughs> and Stav, for people in the Melbourne market, you know, are you getting the same sort of sentiments from your property managers that really you need to be organised, you need to be ready to put in that application and make it really easy for the agent to make a decision?
0: At the moment, Jane, we've actually got low vacancy rates and there's not a lot of properties actually available on the market. So when one comes up, you've got to do the best marketing for it. So we're doing professional photography. We're advertising and promoting it as well as we can because we've only got one shot at getting the best price for the vendor at the moment because the um, the supply is so low. Uh, we want to lock in a, a tenant. Uh, and of course, we work for both sides but the landlord wants to get as much as he can so that way he can cover his mortgage and be positively geared. But um, at the moment, we've got some great systems in place just to shortcut things. Uh, and that's why, you know, lately, not just in property management but in sales, we've been working on the huge volumes that we're dealing with. And we are a high performance Formula One team. It's so important to have some good systems in place. So, um if you don't have to touch something you know, twice, touch it once, that, that's what you need. You need systems where you can just have efficiency.
1: Now, for you both, it's been interesting over the last few months, and I guess COVID has sort of helped people reassess how the real estate market works and how it works for people who are looking for homes, especially in rentals. But there's been more discussion about trying to move Australia to more of a European mindset, where from what I understand, even countries like Germany, you can rent for life. Like there's not this obsession in other countries with owning a little patch of ground uh, that renting can be a 5, 10, 15, 20-year prospect. I've got a friend from Germany who, you know, you can rent an apartment without a kitchen because you move in, put the kitchen that you want in it. So there has been calls over the last couple of months to maybe make renting a less instable kind of thing so people can get in there knowing they may never have the financial prospects to own a home that they can make it feel more of their own. Tom, do you see landlords edging towards longer leases and and selecting tenants who they know are in for the long haul?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think given the, I suppose, instability in the marketplace and coming off quite a a soft 18, 19, there was absolutely a focus of a, if I can get a long-term tenant, someone with prospects, and especially working with the size of our rent roll quite often, if you're working with the same clients over and over again, they're comfortable with us. We love to keep those people who already work well with us. If I can move them somewhere and sign them up on a two year lease to begin with, all the better. There's some stability for the landlord that even if the market does move, the market's not increasing by 50 bucks a week over a 12 month period. So you're never going to see that big disparity between signing a longer term lease, where that has, I suppose, the comfortability of continuity of income and doing yourself a disservice as a landlord to miss out on rent increases and those sort of things. So obviously our state is a little bit different. We are stuck with, um, I suppose, I wish I had some of Melbourne's sort of re-sign or leave clauses in there type thing. We, we are sort of, I suppose, a little bit stuck in that sense as far as recommitting tenancies on long term. Um, but. It, there's nothing better than a stable rental property because the, least, the less I have to touch it, the, the I suppose the more profitable it becomes to us, the landlord and, and even the tenant. If they've got a good working relationship and we've got an owner who's happy to keep them, we've also got an owner who's going to be willing to kind of dip in their pocket for not even necessarily the have-tos, but a couple of the luxuries.
1: And Stav, do you think we should be moving a little bit more towards the European model? Uh it's
0: interesting, Jane. Look, I've had the pleasure of living in Europe for several years, and that's exactly what it is. In Europe, you do bring in your own kitchen, you bring in your own light fittings, you know, uh, your own curtains. Um, what you what you rent in many areas of Europe is is a shell, and then you f- you fit it out the way you want it. it. There's advantages and disadvantages. The advantage is that you do it the way you want it, and it becomes your home. the The disadvantage is that um, you know, you've got to fit it all out where it's very different mindset to Australia. I don't see in Melbourne, I don't know what it's like in Sydney, but in Melbourne, the appetite is to have year leases because then it gives the vendor or the landlord more choice. Um, as a landlord, I wouldn't want a long lease because when the lease ends, I've got one of my tenants moving out of one of my properties and now can actually raise the rent. We're at the moment because of the moratoriums and and the COVID um, situation, we weren't allowed to raise rents during this period, where now I can. Um, and the rents have gone up significantly, probably 50 to $70 a week, which you multiply that by 52 weeks, and it's a significant difference uh, in income. So I don't see my landlords in Victoria wanting long leases And then you've got the other aspect, if you have quite a long lease as well, it comes under a a different act, and I believe it comes under a commercial um, act, not a residential act as well. So that's the other issue you've got.
1: Yeah, so there's a little bit of uh, fine detail in there. I know I heard them talk about the fact that in Victoria, like I technically can't in my rental house actually put a hole in the wall to hang a picture without approval from the landlord. Is that right? I mean, that seems rather strict.
0: (laughs) No, that that is correct and um, so w- with my properties I actually provide a lot of those uh, good advertising here for 3m uh, those 3m <laughs> stickers uh, with the velcro so I actually supply those to all my um, personal um, properties that I that I own because um, I don't want any holes in the walls or anything like that um, and yeah you, you just can't do much at all um, on in, in Victoria Europe's totally different like literally people walk in with their Millet, ovens and cooktops. And it's it's f- fascinating, really, to see what happens in Europe.
1: And Tom, just some uh, last advice for landlords. Is this the time to be doing the upgrades? If you've got a unit that's sitting there empty, you know, is it time to book the tradies in and put in new floors and give things a paint job just to make yourself that little bit more competitive when it comes to attracting a great tenant?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Presentations, everything. Um, Where, as staff mentioned a little bit earlier about professional photography, that's something that for us it's a case of rent. There's no such thing as oh, it's a rental property anymore. I, I don't personally think that flies. I, I don't think that's fair on the tenant either. That just because you know, if your name's not on tile, that that you're not entitled to a home that's worth prese- worth presenting and worth living in. So, absolutely, presentation. If you if if flooring needs to be done, a painting needs to be done even to the point that we will sort of speak to our landlords at the end of the day, everything's a tax deduction, everything's depreciable. If if you are going down that line of putting value into your home stops it becoming that thing that languishes on the market next time it does come vacant.
1: Yeah, excellent advice. And Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Are you uh, using Direct Connect? Is that a really easy way that you find for your tenants to actually get them all sorted?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're we're quite new converts to um, Direct Connect. We've only been on with them uh, for less than 12 months now. And for us, it's for a big office to take the headache away from the tenant calling you the day after, pick up the keys of, oh, I, I got here last night and the power wasn't on. What are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. That, that ease to send off one form that then just ticks all the boxes. Tenant knows where they stand up front as well and just gives that sort of ease for movings.
1: And if people have been listening to you, Tom, from Rain and Horn in St. Mary's, can they just Google you, get in touch and go, yep, I like the cut of his jib. I would like to talk to him.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, more than welcome. Uh, Anyone, feel free to give a shout all the details will be there. Presumably Jane will put it on the back end.
1: Yep. You will find uh, links to Tom on the show notes to this episode of Under the Hammer. Tom, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you for having me. And that was Tom Turner there from Rain and Horn in St. Mary's. He leads the property management team there. And yes, a family business for decades. And this is under the hammer for Direct Connect. You can call Direct Connect to make moving easy for you. And if you're an agent interested in using Direct Connect, call them on 1300 664 715 to see how they can benefit you and your team. Stav, thanks to Direct Connect, I've got a little property of the week that I just thought we'd mention, possibly. Hopefully someone like yourself could uh, snap this one up. Definitely out of my league. My property of the week for Direct Connect is actually formerly owned by Kerry Packer. Yes, you can buy Media Mogul's old Tower of Power apartment, reports Samantha Landy in the Herald Sun. So a full floor apartment that once served as Kerry Packer's Melbourne base is back on the market following a full facelift. Yes, the late media mogul owned the 12th floor pad in a Tower of Power at 99 Spring Street from the 1980s through to 2000, where apparently it sold in 2000 for around about $1.4 million. The current owners have basically gone in, stripped the whole thing back to a concrete shell, engaged interior designer Cara Jones of Respace to curate the luxury interior. In place today, and now listed three bedroom home in the Tower of Power for 6.2 to 6.8 million dollars. You must get your bid in, Stav, by March 10. So, ah, top end of town, I'd just love to have a little squeeze inside of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Look, and you know what, I I think that actually sounds a little bit, um, you know. As an opportunity, 6.2 to 6.8 million, I think is a really, really good opportunity. Because when you're looking at some of the um, apartments around town, some of them are getting in excess of 10, 15. Uh, I know there's one actually at the Capitol Grand building at around 20 million. So 6.2 to 6.8, I think, is a great opportunity. I think after looking at this, Jane, it will exceed that price. But um, what an opportunity for someone to be in the uh, in Kerry Packer's um, home. He's one of my favourite people, and his speech that he did, um, that his very famous speech, um, is one of my favourite videos that I watch on YouTube, to be honest.
1: <laughs> so you, you watch a bit of Kerry Packer gold just to pump yourself up, Steph?
0: <laughs> uh, he's great. He, uh, he had charisma, he, he could think on his feet, and he spoke common sense. And he did a lot for uh, Australia, especially uh, for the cricket Uh, The one day... Um, cricket, um, you know, internationals. He was just a great, great Australian.
1: I wonder what he'd think of the refit because it definitely looks a little bit different to the uh, the 1980s <laughs> version of the address. But, yeah, apparently it's one of Melbourne's first modern high-rise apartment towers. So a lot of history in that one at 99 Spring Street. Get those offers in for Kerry Packer's former luxury pad. The whole 12th floor. Can you imagine the views? hmm <laughs>
0: Amazing and a great, great part of town.
1: Now, Stav, we'll uh, talk to you in a couple of weeks' time. I'm assuming you're busy. Lockdown hasn't um, put people off listing. I'm, I'm guessing there's still plenty of people wanting to market their homes while the market is hot. So busy times for you.
0: It's very busy, Jane. And look, at the moment, it is just the high volume of transactions. Um, you know, we I'm working really hard with my people to what I said earlier to build some efficiencies in the business only because I don't want any burnouts or you know people uh, burning the candle at both ends. I believe that there's nothing wrong with burning the candle on one end, whether you come in early and finish uh, finish early or, or work late, but as long as you don't come in, you know, burn the candle at one end but not both ends. But we've um, achieved a record transactions this month and we're halfway through the month not for february but for the entirety of our business and we're on the 17th of the month and we've already broken our all-time record so transactions are up you know make hay while the sun shine is what i say um, and fingers crossed this weekend will be a successful auction weekend for our vendors
1: Absolutely. Now, I'm just going to give a little plug to another podcast that I'm lucky enough to uh, co-host, of course, the wonderful Shayna Blaze from Selling Houses Australia and The Block. We are back thanks to Red Energy, who are affiliated with Direct Connect. Look, they're basically brother and sister companies. But Home Style with Shayna Blaze is a podcast. You can subscribe to it wherever you are listening to Under the Hammer right now. The fascinating thing was that uh, Shayna and I actually spoke to Jimmy and Tam, who were the winners of the block from 2020, who, of course, had that sad twist where they got a record price for their Palm Springs-inspired property on the block last year, only to find out that the uh, bidder didn't come through with the cash. So their property is still on the market, but it was really fascinating to uh, hear Jimmy and Tam talk about their experience and what's next. And I think they've got another TV show in the works with Channel 9. So if you're looking for another podcast, you know, to help you in perhaps make some decisions about real estate, and Shana's got a couple of uh, family members hunting for real estate at the minute too. So finding it tough out there as well. So have a look at Homestyle with Shana Blaze. You can uh, subscribe to that one right now in whatever podcast app you're using. I expect you to have a listen, Stav. Go on.
0: <laughs> I, will, I will. I'll definitely get on and listen to that.
1: Well, thanks for being with us today on Under the Hammer. Take care, Stav, and have a busy week ahead.
0: Thank you, Jane. See you uh, in the next couple of weeks. Bye-bye.
1: You're listening to Under the Hammer. Thanks to Direct Connect. If you're an agent interested in using Direct Connect, like our guest Tom from St Mary's today, call the team on 1300 664 715 to see how they can benefit you and your team. And if you like Under the Hammer, make sure you recommend this podcast to a friend. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks.
2: Thanks for listening to Under the Hammer for Direct Direct Connect. Connect. Direct Connect is a free service making moving easy for you.
0: Call them today on 1300 664 715.